Welcome to the Women in Family Law podcast. I'm Hannah Markham, the chair of the association. Women in Family Law connects, encourages and promotes professional women across the field of family law in England and Wales. We offer advice, support and mentoring. And of course, these podcasts. Well, welcome, everyone. This morning, I'm joined by Nicole Farrow, who is one of the UK's leading mindset coaches specialising in divorce and blended families. And she's featured often on BBC Radio 5 Live. Nicole works with divorcing parents to remove conflict so that they can move on as individuals while successfully co-parenting and thriving as a blended family. So welcome, Nicole. Thank you for having me. Well, it's great to see you this morning. And I'm really interested in your career and finding out a bit more. So just to start off with, how did you become a divorce coach? What was your journey to becoming a divorce coach? Yeah, so it's not what I sort of set out to do, that's for sure. And actually, I had quite a long corporate career before this, doing some business strategy and bringing teams together. And I was really good at kind of getting people to work together and removing conflict in teams and big, large organisations. We have a lot of legacy and we have a lot of different departments and that kind of thing. And that's what I was doing. And I really loved the coaching side of it and the mentoring side of it. And so I wanted to learn more about kind of how your mind works you have to get the best out of people for what I was doing at work and then I decided that actually I want to kind of really work with leaders and how they can lead and bring people on and and really you know pull people through and pull people together and the more I was working with leaders the more I realized that I was dealing more with the personal lives than I was their professional lives because actually at work to some degree you know you have subordinates you have peers you have you know bosses And there's a very natural order and hierarchy to it. And if you're really unhappy, you can move jobs. But when it comes to your family, it's much more tricky. So I discovered that actually I was working a lot more with their personal relationships, which they didn't have so much autonomy over. That's where a lot of the difficulty was. And some of that was, you know, relationship issues and divorce. And for me personally, I grew up in, I was born into a blended family. So my dad had children from a previous marriage and when he met my mum and then my mum and dad divorced when I was two and it was a very difficult divorce and it was very painful for all involved there was infidelity so that was you know left a really bitter taste in the mouth of you know both my parents but also us as children and I've actually grown up and gone on to have my own divorce so I could really kind of relate to both the clients that I was working with in the sense of the divorce but also understanding from their children's perspective as well of what it's actually like to go through divorce as, as a child and actually the more I looked into it and the more I looked at my own personal situation as a blended family as we are now I'm one of six I've got steps I've got halves I've got full blood we never differentiate we're all siblings but five out of six of us have gone on to divorce ourselves and I don't think that that's a coincidence and the more I've gone into it and the more I've looked into this and the more it shapes the work that I'm doing I realize actually it's definitely not a coincidence and actually we are products of our an environment and you know I've trained in neuro-linguistic programming and human psychology and and we are very much formed in our childhoods and that really changes the the expectations and our beliefs and our habits and our behaviors as adults and it drives all of our behaviors as in adulthood and our relationships in adulthood so actually it's I kind of morphed into then just specializing in divorce and blended families one because of I kind of naturally went that way with the clients I was working with, but two, just my own personal story as well. 
and what I've been through means that I can I can see it from both sides and I still live in a blended family today you know I still have all of those siblings and I I'm very fortunate now that you know I can arrange something for my children and know full well that both my stepmom and my mum will happily be there and we all get on brilliantly but it wasn't always like that and I have seen it work and I've seen what doesn't work and so that's kind of led me to to where I am and what I do today. Wow a really fascinating answer and thank you for giving us that explanation because I think it gives great insight into both the work you do and also how you're able to help people. So what's your motivation to do what you do? I think it is that trying to break those patterns of behaviour that I've seen in generations and within my own family but also with the clients I work with of just not recreating the same mistakes in your next relationship but also not creating that environment that means your children are going to go up and grow up and inherit your mistakes and do the same as what you've done and really trying to break that pattern of behaviour and I think I think especially around divorce there's still such a stigma around it and I I really struggled when I got divorced I used to put my rings on I was still working in the corporate world back then and I used to put my rings on to go to work and take them off when I got home and I didn't tell anyone I was getting divorced until my divorce came through and at the time I was working for the Metropolitan Police so I had you know the security checks and everything done on me so I had to use my passport name which is my married name I kept everything else in my maiden name which kind of maybe was a bit of an on how I felt about marriage at the very start but I I hadn't changed anything else except my passport so at work I, I was my married name and I had to come out and tell everyone that I was divorced so I wanted to go back to my maiden name and I really found that hard and I really really struggled and I still felt even then that there was this massive stigma where I just had to tick this divorced box on all these forms it's like well I'm not divorced now I'm, I'm single I'm not I'm no longer married but I'm single and I, I really felt the stigma of it and I really felt that I struggled at that time and I was quite young and I didn't want to be seen as to be just repeating the mistakes of my parents my parents have both been divorced now I've got divorced. everyone gets divorced in my family like we just can't stick at anything and I really felt that judgment and I still think today in society people feel that judgment and I think it means that people make really rash emotional decisions that have a huge impact on them and especially their children going forward. And I think if we're going to stop this and make it a bit more of a, a life uh, transition, because 42% of people do get divorced and three out of four do go on to remarry and therefore blended families are becoming more the norm. And I think unless you have the right support in place to, to navigate that successfully, we are just going to push, kick the can down the road and push the problem into the next generation. So that's why I do what I do. I'm, and I'm, I'm really passionate about you know, stopping that because I want my children to grow up in a world where it's not a stigma attached to it. And, you know, people can have healthy relationships, not recreate what their parents have done. So thanks for sharing some of your personal life there. And I'm just wondering what lessons you've learned through your own divorce and your own blended family experience. Yeah, um, lots. <laughs> I think it's very difficult but it's so worth the investment to think about your own actions and to reflect and to spend that time really dealing with how you feel about it and what you've done. And at the end of the day, we can only control our own actions. And often I think we go through life feeling like stuff just happens to us and we don't take responsibility. And I know when I was getting divorced, I very much saw it as his fault. I decided to get divorced I petitioned for the divorce 
but it was down to his unreasonable behaviour and I very much put the blame his way and I took no responsibility. And now when I look back at it, actually I can see that although his behaviour in some cases was unreasonable, I definitely didn't help the situation and I definitely wasn't as invested in the marriage as what I needed to be to try and make it work and resolve it because it's not what I wanted. And therefore I've taken that responsibility and I've done the coaching, all the stuff that I do, I've absolutely applied on myself. And I think you have to, and I've dealt with all of that before going into, I'm now married and I'm very happily married. And that's not to say we don't argue it's all a bed of roses or, you know, we don't disagree at times. Of course we do, we're a normal couple. But my investment in this marriage and what I've learned about myself and what I've been willing to accept as my behaviour and my responsibility and do something about makes this a very different marriage to what I had before. So I've learned the lessons, but I've also taken the time to learn them. And I think a lot of people don't. They kind of push blame elsewhere and then go and create the same mistakes in the next relationship. So I think that's probably my biggest lesson. That and the fact that a lot of the time, I think we look at other people's behaviour and we will attach meaning to it based on our own experience and often based on our own fears. But also then we can become very judgmental of that individual and what their intentions are. And I think if you're trying to make a relationship work, and I'm not just talking about romantic relationships, actually any relationship within a family as well, because families, I think, in some regards, the hardest thing because they're your family and it's very difficult to divorce your family. But you're supposed to kind of all come together and get on. And, and it's not always the case. And it can be really tricky and very emotional. and. I think when you constantly look for ill intent in what that person's doing or attaching negative meaning to what their behaviour is, sometimes that's a reflection of your own fears or your own insecurities or theirs. I don't think in most cases, in my own experience and also in the clients that I work with, people set out to deliberately hurt other people. Most people hurt people by accident because they're trying to save themselves from some sort of pain or deflect or they're struggling with something or they've interpreted something wrong and actually they're not trying to hurt you you have got hurt along the process and that I'm not diminishing that pain but it's seeing the intent of what people have and if you're generally trying to make a blended family work a relationship work then you have to try and find the good intent and the mutual ground and I think if you can do that, then it's worth working at, because I think also people think, oh, you're, if you're a divorce coach, then you're an advocate for divorce. You're not an advocate for divorce when a relationship can be saved, and especially with working with blended families, where you are, you are a family, and it's very difficult to step away from that. So I think my lessons are to, one, do your self-reflection and take responsibility for your actions and do that time, take that time to learn, but also to try and see the good intent in people or try and understand people's motives and they're not always bad or how, how you may see them on the surface. Thank you so much for that, really interesting. I mean, I, I'm just changing tack a moment. You yourself now have a very young family and a business. How do you strike a work-life balance? The same as everybody else, it is a juggle and there are great days and there are not so great days and there are days when I think that I've really got the hang of this. And I've got the balance right. And there are other days where I feel like I'm failing at everything because I'm trying to spread myself too thin. And actually, that's one of my things going into one of my intentions going into this year is to try and not do that. I think we're all very good at taking on too much and myself included in that. 
I think what I try to do is try to carve out time for my family, for my business and for me and try and stick to that. We're, we're very, you know, very much creatures of habits. We like routine. And I try to play to those strengths of understanding that that's how we work as human beings. So I need a routine. I need some structure to my week that enables me to carve out that time. And even if that's literally chunking up my time and, and being very disciplined with it. Also asking for help. I have a brilliant support network in my family, which I'm really, really lucky to have. My mum's here at the moment, for example, taking care of my daughter while I'm speaking to you. So I'm very good at asking for help where I need it and being disciplined with my time, but also making sure I have time for me as well, because I think I have been very um, used to in the past, just keep going, keep going, keep going, piling more and more and more on my plate and then not having any time for me as well. And I know that I need to go out and walk the dogs to get that fresh air in the morning and just have some time to reset myself or have some, you know, a bath or whatever it is I need to do to just take care of myself rather than just taking care of other people and my business. I think you might even call that a sort of mindset routine. And if that's what we're calling it, what's your daily routine? Yeah, so I set my alarm half an hour before I have to get up in the morning so that I can actually do exactly that. So I set my day up with mindset tools. So I do visioneering, I do gratitude. If I can, prior to having my daughter, who was only three months old, I was doing journaling, but sometimes I'm now feeding her at the same time as doing some of this. So again, it's kind of trying to find that balance, but I very much have that first 30 minutes when I wake up in the day is, is time for me. And then I get up, get dressed, get sorted, and I go straight out with the dogs and get my fresh air and again I'm still even when I'm doing my makeup I'm running through affirmations and actions and kind of the stuff that I say to myself to kind of get myself in the right frame of mind for the day and I do the same in the evening as well so before I go to bed I will kind of wrap up the day and I think about the actions that I've got to do for tomorrow and I never put more than four actions down anything else is a bonus but I make sure that I've done those four actions and at dinner time my husband and I are very good at reflecting on what we've done in the day because I think the other thing that we are all culprits for is thinking about all the stuff we haven't done and not thinking about what we have done and I've done it so many times where I've gone oh I didn't do this and I didn't do that and I didn't do this and I'll go well what have you done and then I'll reel off twice as many things that I have done that wasn't on my list and it's like actually today wasn't that bad I did actually achieve something and I think that's a really good check-in as well so that's my daily routine for, for looking after me. Well, we've heard it now. That's what we all should be aspiring to. I follow some of it and I have to say I'm brilliant at getting out of bed and going immediately for a walk. I think having some daylight early in the day is a a great way to start the day and set you off on the right track. We're now talking, obviously, in January and the time that's notoriously difficult for people. Many people reflect on the year before there's a significant number of divorces. I'm not saying that there's necessarily a spike. There are a significant number of people who approach solicitors in January. And we're seeing an increase in older couples getting divorced. Why do you think that is? I think there is an element of COVID and lockdown. I think the pandemic has made a lot of people reflect and think about their life choices and their where they're going and what they want and I think also as a society we've all sort of everything's moved back a decade 
you know, years ago, it used to be a case of you were, you know, getting married and raising your children in your 20s and, and continuing to raise them in your 30s and their 40s, they're sort of off panned and everything's moved back about 10 years. So now, you know, if you hear someone say, I'm getting married in their 20s, you go, well, that's young. You haven't really lived, you know, you don't really know what you want to do. Have you, have you been traveling? Have you been to university? All of those things have kind of pushed everything back. So people are, you know, getting to retirement age or, or later in life, or perhaps the children have left home and they're still feeling like they've got a lot of life left in them. And at that point, the thing that perhaps held them together, perhaps it was, you know, having that family unit, you know, empty nest, all the rest of it. They're now realising that they've got very different priorities and perspectives on what they want to do in life. And I think we're seeing a lot more couples just saying there's nothing wrong with our marriage. We just want different things and we've grown apart. I think there's this expectation that when you get divorced, it has to be acrimonious and there's a big fallout. And actually, I'm seeing more and more, as you say, older couples who are just going, we're just different people and we just want different things. I think it's unrealistic now to think that you marry someone and you stay the same person and you're going to want the same things later on in life. You may have this plan worked out, you know, while you're younger, while you have your careers and your children, then that doesn't necessarily mean the plan doesn't change. They've got a lot more options, a lot more opportunity now. People are living longer. And as a result, you know, things are are moving forward and people are drifting apart. You know, some people want to settle down and, and be near the grandchildren to raise them. Other people want to go and travel around the world. That's not going to work. One person's going to miss out. So I think that's why we're seeing a lot more older couples now. And so what would advice would you give to somebody who finds themselves in that position? I think thinking about what it is you really want. At the end of the day, this is your life. You owe yourself the experience that you provide for yourself so I think having a really good think don't knee jerk really have a sit down and work out what it is you want and most people don't know what they want and that in itself is quite a difficult thing to work out so taking the time doing the reflection but not being afraid to say if you you love this person and you know, they make you happy but actually there's something else that you want and that's not going to work that's okay it's okay to divorce it's okay to want more or to want different things from another person. That's all acceptable. This is your life. You have to be responsible for it and you have to be happy with it, you know, when the time comes. So just taking the time and thinking about what you want to do. Don't rush into anything. And then just communicating that with the other person and trying to be as fair as possible at any stage, regardless of where you're at in life. If you're approaching divorce, I'd say that's the same for anyone, to be honest. The only thing I would say that I have noticed with older couples in particular, I think there's an expectation that it's harder when the children are younger and it's harder because you've still got to co-parent and they're going through school and all the rest of it. In my experience, I actually think that it's harder with older children. And one thing that I've noticed that a lot of older couples do that sort of trips them up a little bit is they assume their children are adults and therefore it's okay to be a bit more honest about their divorce and to unburden or, or share things with their children and ultimately regardless of how old you are or they are they are still your children and there is still a child parent relationship that shouldn't be merged that actually by encouraging them to have an opinion on your divorce or sharing too much of them can actually cause a lot of problems and a lot more conflict within the family that's than is necessary so unburden to your friends as you would if they were small don't unburden to your children 
Great top tip. Thank you very much. Well, I'm asking now for a bit more advice, and that's in relation to blended families. Uh, what advice would you give if you're looking to introduce a new partner to your children? Yes, this comes up a lot and is probably the thing that trips most families up. You can have a really great co-parenting relationship. And the moment you introduce someone new, things can you know upset the apple cart and things can go really awry. I believe it is 100% the responsibility of the person who is introducing this new individual into the family to manage this situation. And if you can get your ex-partner on board, ultimately that is going to make the road ahead so much smoother for all involved. It's going to help your relationship with your new partner. It's going to help your relationship and the acceptance of that relationship with your children, so your new partner and your children as well as your own. And also it's going to help your ex because the last thing you want is to have a new relationship that you're really excited about and then your children won't accept them and you've got sort of hand grenades coming over the fence from your ex and you just that's the worst situation for everyone involved so I think it's the responsibility of the individual who is introducing this person to really manage that situation and don't shy away from it no one likes having a difficult conversation and unfortunately particularly in family there are difficult conversations to be had and this is one of them speak to your ex partner first and agree a plan with them on how to communicate this to the children and ideally communicate it together so they know that mum or dad is also on board with this new partner and ultimately you would hope that they would probably want to do the same in the future and move on with them so it works both ways you can then support them in any new partner that's coming forward and also the parenting plan is brilliant in a sense of looking at roles and responsibilities and almost kind of rules of engagement and thinking about this is something that should be considered and it, I think often it's not and it's sort of a bit of a elephant in the room that no one wants to discuss but actually thinking about how you want to communicate things like this big transitions to your children and agreeing that up front if you can or at least reverting back to it at a time like this is really helpful so you all feel like you're in the know that you're not going to have neither one of you is going to have the rug pulled from underneath you because that's what everyone fears they're going to lose their children in some sense or form they're going to lose a relationship they've already you know you're losing the marriage your your fear is that you're going to lose your family and actually you're not you're still a family you're just a different shape and there's new people coming into that family that can be brilliant for your kids and it has been for me I have an amazing relationship with my stepmom all of us do we all love her to bits sadly my dad's no longer with us but we still all have a relationship with her beyond my dad and you know that's been accepted by my mum and that's made life so much easier for all of us and that's possible for anyone not just our family so it's more than possible for you you just need to think about it and make sure that you communicate that with your ex and get them on board first and then communicate it to your children. Nicole it's great to hear your positive lived experience I think that's really helpful for people and I would like to um, say as well that quite often as a mediator I'm working with couples really to go through the parenting plan and to make sure that they understand what that looks like and to work on it together so we're in the same world we're talking the same language. Now letting go of the past and co-parenting can be really difficult particularly if there's been infidelity how do you advise that people co-parent in that situation? Yeah, so I think, especially at the beginning, when emotions are really, really raw, 
it's really tricky and I think you need to make sure that you have really really good support around you and that is friends and family but particularly in cases like infidelity your friends and family will have an opinion they're not objective they love you and they care for you and sometimes they can actually sort of stoke the fire as opposed to put it out so I think looking for other sources for help is really a good idea and someone who can be a bit more objective I think spending that time investing in your own emotional well-being and dealing with things a day at a time is really important and it is really hard to do but it's necessary in order to successfully move on is to separate your relationship and the infidelity that you've experienced with the relationship that your ex-partner has with your children it's a different relationship they it's not the same and you can't merge the two so you need to deal with your emotional pain and coming to terms with the fact that that relationship is no longer there but still remembering that your children have a relationship with that person they are still a parent to your children and therefore differentiating the two is a must right from the beginning and I know that that's a big ask which is why I'm suggesting you need to get the right support around you to enable you to do that and focus on moving forwards in order to move forward you have to let go of what's been and it's, it's not easy and it does take time and there is a grief cycle that you need to go through and therefore you need to be kind to yourself and allow for that. But you need to deal with that separate to your children because you can't put that onto them. It's it, You're only going to cause them pain. And as parents, that's the last thing we want to do. We never want to hurt our children or see our children hurt. So it's a really, really big ask, but it is something that as parents, we have to take the responsibility of dealing with our own emotional pain separated from our children's transition into this because it's a very big change for them too and remembering that so make sure you've got the right support and the right channels to deal with that while still dealing with your children. Thanks so much Nicole I think I've got so much advice out of you early in the morning so (laughs) great to um, talk to you and uh, you haven't given us details of how to contact you so if anybody wants to contact you either for themselves or for their clients, can you please now provide your contact details? Yes, so um, all my contact details are on my website, which is nicolefarrow.com. You can get in touch with me either to work uh, one-to-one or I also have a membership for people as well who are going through divorce or blending their families. And just to be clear, that's Nicole, N-I-C-H-O-L-E. So nicolefarrow.com been wonderful to talk to you this morning so many insights and sharing your own personal experience thank you so much and uh, look forward to seeing you again soon Nicole thank you thank you for having me thank you for listening to the women in family law podcast our theme music is low tide by Sam Hare found on Spotify Please visit our website, womeninfamilylaw.net, or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WIFLaw, and follow, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts.